Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome everybody, Monday edition of the TalkZone.com and the Two Guys at a Bike Show. Thanks for joining us, hope you had an outstanding weekend out there, sports and or otherwise. And I feel bad, i got to talk to the uh, big dog about this, uh, Mother's Day weekend of course. We hope everybody had a, a great Mom's Day weekend out there, all the moms in particular. But I feel bad of the 10 years the big dog and a coach have been uh, lucky enough to make an attempt at the sports talk gig here on the radio. We've had a great tradition on the Friday before Mom's Day weekend. We call it our Salute to Moms Day, the day before the uh, weekend, and we have absolutely forgot about that on Friday. I completely apologize. We do the Salute to Moms, and we do the Salute to Soldiers before the Memorial Day weekend. I hold the big dog and our producer, David Olson, responsible for that oversight. I take no responsibility whatsoever. We'll also talk Cub Sox, baseball, NBA, playoffs, NHL, mucho, mucho mas. Here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show, a little bit of music, and then we'll kick this puppy out. Still feel like that should be the lead of music for like Hawaii Five O, or maybe Castle, my new favorite detective show. By the way, let's welcome in my good partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. I don't have to ask if you enjoyed Mother's Day because you always, always have a special day for your mom, big dog. How are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. It was uh, a strange Mother Day. I actually, uh, you know, like worked out in the morning and then you know hung out with the family in the afternoon and had to go to work at seven o'clock at night last night and do a tour. So. Uh, that's your typical Mother's Day, if, if you know what I'm saying, Coach. Mm-hmm. Still very odd. And, of course, uh, those that are new to the show or uh, maybe not aware, the Big Dog uh, provides tours via the Chicago River on a kayak, via a kayak, I should say. And it's, I, I still find it odd that you went out at 7 o'clock at night. How come it was a beautiful day yesterday? Why are you not giving tours during the day? It was Mother's Day, Coach. What are you, what, what, did you... Five seconds ago, forget that it was Mother's Day. Well, I understand you would have preferred being with Mom, but a great opportunity for you to commiserate with, you know, possibly a lot of people downtown yesterday. It was the pre-NATO weekend. No one's going to come down next weekend. Everybody was down this weekend. A lot of uh, families may be doing a little, what better Mother's Day outing than on a kayak with the big dog? I can't think of anything more romantic. Now, you'd be surprised. It's women that want to do this more than men. I understand. It's, it's, it's legitimately uh let's face it guys when when uh, if you're not at like a football game cuz women like to go to baseball and hockey too uh, the women decide what you do because if you do something that she doesn't want to do she's going to complain the whole entire freaking time you're doing it so there's might as well just do what she wants anyway so uh <laughs> my point is when there's couples out there we just assume it was the woman's idea anyways and typically when the conversation goes uh-huh uh, it'll we yeah it was it was the it was the woman who made the decision just because it's the guy bitching when he's out there so <laughs> let that be a lesson for all the young kids out there but we do we do hope all the moms out there we got don't don't forget big dog it has been and it always has been and always will be our number one listening audience 
breastfeeding moms out there. So we are big in the mom industry, and we got to put a special hello out to all the moms out there and hope you had a uh, phenomenal day yesterday, even if you weren't on a kayak with the big dog. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Yeah, yeah, definitely happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Especially the breastfeeding moms. I would never forget them, Coach. By the way, speaking of that, are you aware or slash have you seen the Time magazine uh, from last week? I heard about it. There's some poor kid on there that's, that whose mom has decided, oh, I'm going to embarrass my uh, son his whole entire pubescent life and put him on cover <laughs> Time magazine and breastfeed my kid. Yep. Kids. Don't you realize what she just did to her son? How much taunting <laughs> the kid's going to get for about six years? Yeah. Hey, hey, booby sucker. Oh, my goodness. Kids, hey, I, bet uh, I bet you're a mama's boy. What would you boom. say, David, also? Four, he, four he, years old? He's four. All right. So he's, you know. Not a baby. Not a baby, and the uh, the and obviously the Time magazine cover is done for the sole purpose that Yahoo's like you and me will bring it up and talk about it, and they get publicity. But uh, well, so you've heard it, but you haven't seen it. No, I have. I, I have. I I actually there was the picture was right there for me to look at, and when I heard what it was about, I was like, I'm not even going to give that woman or time my time of day, and didn't even bother to look at the magazine. It was right there, and then what I I just said something. I just said, wow. Uh, when the kid grows up, he's going to get made fun of for yep. being, you know, on a magazine getting breast. And I just realized something. By the time that kid grows up, there will be no more periodicals or magazines. Well, he can so still. I guess he, one matter of time. You're probably right, but he can still be abused or take a ribbing via the uh, internet. So it's not like he's going to get off the hook. But uh, I wonder how many kids and how many moms they had to talk to before they got someone agreed to do the very attractive young lady. By the way, still by the way. Not better. We haven't brought out, I think David Olson and our producer has seen our picture Hall of Fame. I think we did that maybe in the first couple of months we were on Big Dog, but the picture we have in our picture Hall of Fame is still the breastfeed, best breastfeeding picture of all time. Coach, if you, I bet if you investigate the woman that let that picture happen, I shouldn't let pose for that picture. Um, I bet you'll find out that she's like a wannabe actress and all this other yeah, stuff. That's possible. Why yep. would you be craving attention so much yep. to embarrass your boy yep. to do that to him? Have we determined, David Olson, is that her kid? Maybe that's a four-year-old stand-in at one of the park. No, it's a, it was her kid. It, it was is. definitely her kid, okay. yeah. I thought maybe you know they hit a preschool class and they looked for show of hands. Who would be interested? <laughs> Johnny was. Apparently so. Johnny. Apparently so. 888-463-6748. What an odd way to start start off our weekend of uh, of scintillating sports reporting by talking about the breastfeeding mom on Time Magazine. I don't know what it is with you and breastfeeding. Seriously, it's like I don't. It's weird. You you bring it up a lot. You talk about it. Well, I think there's there's a fixation for you on it. It's that's why I didn't even want to bring up the fact the other day I was on Metro and saw somebody a, a woman breastfeeding. I was like, oh my! Doesn't she know that there's people with cell phones? You know, was she, she was down on the lower part. Anybody below could have mm-hmm. videotaped her the whole entire time and no one even Was she it. making an attempt? Was there any article of clothing helping to cover up or like a blanket? Oh, or yeah, anything? there was. There was, unless okay. you were going from up top. But the point was, she did it like so nonchalantly, matter-of-factly, boom. And next thing I know, the suckling of the teeth was going on. And I was like, at that point, the guy, he had already got her ticket. And he acted like he didn't even see it. I swear to you, the conductor watched it. I like, whoa, like, I was, like, I was like, I think I'm the only one in this train that noticed what's going on in this whole thing, yeah. me and the conductor. Yeah. It's nice to know the hormones are still working, but as long as she covers up and makes an attempt but is not doing it flagrantly, I have you know, no issue with that at all.
Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. That is our phone number, Big Dog. Glad you had a great weekend. Glad your mom had a great weekend. Uh, and it was a, well, I won't call it a great weekend, but a pretty busy weekend in the world of sports. We had, what, a couple of game sevens. We had a lot of baseball action going on. Big golf tournament yesterday. Did you, by any chance, catch the uh, back nine of the players' invite? Uh, every time I had a chance to, Kevin Nah was on the television because my brother was <laughs> It was uh, one of the four days of the year that I don't have control of the remote control. That's not and bad. Like, Only four it was, days? It was like when over we're at my brother's house. When I go over to the Nuccio's house, the Nuccio's give me the remote control. Mm-hmm. I'm not, that's my that's my point. Is that it, I go to a friend's house, and they give me the remote control. I go to Lily's house, the family gives me the remote control. Okay. Well, my brother isn't going to relinquish it. So every time he would turn <laughs> on the, the players' championship, yeah. Kevin Na would be on. And then he would just change it this, but then he would just go off. Because Kevin now was taking heat. He didn't have the yips. He had the one case worse than the yips. It's like when it's even longer. It's like the yips, you know, like you, you like double cock it and then you yeah. throw it to the pitcher or, you know, you pump it a couple times before you throw it. Well, what it, what happens when you do it for 45 seconds before you actually do it? Yep. I, I forget, what's the, what's the one step worse than the yips, coach? Oh, boy. Uh, how about total breakdown? Yeah, that's that's what it is. And it was... I, I, you know, I saw it yesterday morning. So I found I heard the story. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy's taking thirty, forty seconds between each. You know, when he approaches the ball, which is ridiculous. And uh, I guess yesterday they started taunting him. Like people on the course were taunting the kid, and they showed a picture of him walking up seventeen. We had two more holes to go, mm-hmm. and he looked like a broken man, coach. Yep. Like it was like he looked scared. And, like, he'd been abused. I was like, I felt bad for professional athletes, maybe for the first time in my entire life, because I guess people were yelling at him and taunting him. At a golf match. Yeah. At a golf match, no doubt, which is which is unheard of. But it was – I didn't watch it all, but uh, I was able to de- depict a little bit of what you're talking about, a long afternoon for the guy who was leading – Coming into the final day, so he was playing on the final group. Kevin Na, by the way, Na spells backward as Ann. Thank you very much. Um, and he ended up playing with the guy who was the leader, Matt Kuchar. So Matt Kuchar is trying to win the damn event in the last four or five holes, and Kevin Na is taking the 30, 45 seconds, twitching and doing all kinds of hieroglyphics, trying to gather himself. Despite that, uh, Kid Kuchar was able to win the tournament, Big Dog. Surprising. You know, I didn't even consider that. Uh, the, yeah, he's in the final group, and he's yeah. blowing the lead, and now some other guy's trying to win, and he's got to wait. And, you know, the one thing, one thing, you know, golf. I love this. I love this line from one of my friends' dad, Mr. Nuccio. He said that the smaller the ball, the bigger the brain. And you really do have to be pretty smart to figure out what club and the next shot after that, and the blah, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Golf's a really, really smart sport. Okay, nope. but the last thing you want to do when you're golfing is think. You know what I mean? You don't need an extra 40 seconds of, all right, all right come on, hit the ball. Hit, come on, hit the ball, dude. I gotta go. All right, hit the ball. I'm a, you know what I mean? I, seriously, I would not want that either. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's, it's, it's a tough position. And it's sort of like talk. we've seen uh, many and many bullpen relievers break down in clutch situations this year for the Cubs and other teams. It's the same thing. When you start struggling, the more you start laboring, the more you start thinking, the more you start analyzing, you just start, it's like, it's like digging a hole. You start digging yourself further and further and further. We keep telling the relievers, get the ball, throw the ball, get the ball, throw the ball. You'd be much more effective. Same thing with golfers. See ball, hit ball. Approach ball, see ball, hit ball. Don't overthink it, big dog. 
Yeah, and, and coach, like if you're a, a basketball player, a football player, a hockey player, if you're struggling, like mentally, but out there trying to get through it, you're not like on a stage that a pitcher or a golfer is on. Yep. Like when, when Carlos Marmol is out there and you have the whole entire stadium at Wrigley Field yelling, go get him! Come on, Swim, get him! You know, if and, and he's breaking down the labor. And all, all Carlos Marmol here is 40,000 people. And about twenty eight thousand are screaming, "Take him out of the game!" You know, including an eighty year old woman in the front row. You know, it's been, it's been way too long. Yeah. So it's and then Kevin I faced that yesterday. He didn't do too well. Or you got yahoos like me uh, at the game last week when Marmol was struggling. We're standing up between pitches, raising our left arm, tapping it with our right hand at the elbow area, calling for the left hander. That's not well, exactly what, 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 the vote of confidence a pitcher wants as he's standing on the the bump. That's what I meant by yes. forty thousand people yell, "Go get them!" Yeah. But I do like to stand up and see. That's see, even you taunt, coach. No, I even actually you, that's don't. A, that's the form I, of the taunt. I don't taunt. I for some reason I couldn't resist. I saw the one guy doing it. And I set up, started with about thirty or forty of us. It was very unlike me, Big Dog. But I have to admit, in this particular case, I taunted. I got you. So you you risk me because I would be more than happy to tell a guy that he's either dumb or not hustling. Yes. I've never told anybody for being bad or anything like that. That's that's the GM's fault for putting the guy on the mm-hmm. on the roster. So uh, see you you've fallen to my level too, coach. <laughs> and that that's when Carlos Marmol needed somebody yeah. to be like, come on, Marmol, get it in there. Not oh, you suck. You didn't need any more. You suck. You had enough of those forty thousand yelling at him. Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, by the way, is where that tournament was. Matt Kuchar, the proverbial, he's one of those guys, and we've seen a few of them, but, uh, you know, when he was like 73 years old, he's still going to have the cherubic cheeks and looks like he's 22. He had a, he had a, a very elongated uh, Mother's Day speech at the end. Did you see that? I, You know what? what I was... didn't see this. I, I watched the celebration at the end. And, by the way, to cap off the long day for Kevin Na. When he knocks in the putt to win it, Kevin Knock comes over to shake his hand. Right before he even sees Kevin Knock shaking his hand, the two kids jump in his arms, and the wife comes. So he's kissing the wife, and then he kind of reaches out his hand. Doesn't even look at Kevin Knock for a quick little handshake. So Kevin Knock couldn't even get in the congratulating handshake. But I did not say the speech. What happened? Well, no, it wasn't anything dramatic. It was, uh, I'm going to feel bad now because it's going to make him look a little bad. He had this beautiful speech, like, oh, about mothers and all the mother, like the women in his life. And then he repeated it. <laughs> like, oh, he just said exactly the same thing for like a minute. I, I've never seen anybody do that before. He like, I, mm-hmm. then he like, he basically said, you should appreciate your mom and I have a bunch of great women in my family. And then he said, well, you know, you really should appreciate your mom. I have a bunch of great women in my family. Mm-hmm. But he said it like the long version of both of those. Outstanding. Outstanding. It was, it was uh, so he might be like a like a, a what do you call it, a a two timer you know mm-hmm. one of those guys they like Johnny two time but like it takes him like four minutes to get the two times off it's <laughs> got to be really frustrating for his friends hey, he's so a professional me, golfer not a public speaker give the guy a break it was a big win for a good guy who broke into the golf circuit at the age of I remember him as an amateur uh, being the top amateur of Atlanta Masters of the U S Open and uh, you know he looked when, like he was about eleven really? years old you he's he he was that big of a phenom as a kid. I, I had no idea, yep. Coach. Well, and then, but then you didn't hear from him much, so he disappeared. But I remember he had one breakout tournament as an amateur, and then he kind of disappeared a little bit, and then he slowly worked his way back, and now he's you know just a solid workmanlike performer on the PGA Tour and who wins occasionally. This is probably his biggest win in his uh, career. 
Yeah, because he has no majors, and right. either the either the TPC or the Western Open. Well, the TPC, I guess, has surpassed the Western Open yep. and is now considered the fifth the fifth major, is mm-hmm. what they call it. Yep. So, uh, Butler International and their uh, practices of who they let in and out of their club have uh, that destroyed uh, the Chicago area for having any type of major like golf considerations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Coach? Too bad. Yeah, it was too bad because the Western Open was gaining in notoriety. At any rate, uh, moving on from golf, big dog. Again, two guys and a mic here on the TalkZone.com. Our phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. Tons of stuff going on over the weekend. We had a couple of Game 7s. We had uh, a hockey Game 7, which was a heck of a game. The, Clip, uh, the Clippers, the uh, Caps against the New York Rangers. We had, what, two basketball Game 7s, right? Memphis against the Clippers. And then Denver against the Lakers, and I'll I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch one second of the entire Lakers-Denver series. Okay, I watched uh, I watched a lot of Game Seven, Coach. I was, uh, and that was an excellent ball game because uh, it it wasn't I wouldn't say excellent, it wasn't exactly well played, but LA couldn't put him away, so you couldn't stop watching it. And whenever Jamel Jamel McGee is on the floor for me, it's must watch television, Coach, because you know he's going to do something absolutely goofy and crazy. He hasn't since he's been in Denver, and I'm really disappointed that he's actually turned into one of the best big men in the game. Can you believe, like, a month ago, JaVel McGee was the biggest joke in the NBA. Now the guy is like, man, I wish the Bulls had him. I would trade him right now for Carlos Boozer. I'm mm-hmm. not kidding you. Immediately for Carlos Boozer. And, uh, but that ended up being a pretty good series. Check this out. Denver and LA play in the, in the Staples Center at, what, the 745, uh, LA time. And then at 10 a.m. LA time, the next day, uh, Sunday morning, so Saturday night to Sunday morning, uh, the L.A. Clippers are playing the Grizzlies in the Staples Center. So it was uh, it was like basically in a matter of like 16 hours, two Game 7s were playing the same arena. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, didn't the L.A. Kings open their series last night? I don't know if it was it in Los Angeles. That's the Staples Center right now has the L.A. Kings, the Grizzlies, and the, and the Clippers going. Mm-hmm. So, and we First talked about it last uh, Friday. What happens if the Lakers and the Clippers both advance? Not likely. But if they do, you know, how does the home and away work there? Do they, do they just put Clippers on one end zone and Lakers on the other end zone and don't change the court? Or do they change the court even though the teams no, actually would, don't have would, an away game? The, the NBA, in some they would just make it a. Uh, they would make oh the L.A. Lakers get it one day and oh not as one day they would do it just two two mm-hmm. one one one. Believe it or not, coach, they would. They would not just be practical. Uh, well, they they might as well do it that way because in the meantime, the L.A. Kings will be playing in the Stanley Cup Finals at that point because they're going to beat the wow. Phoenix Coyotes. Let's put a shout out to the maintenance that. guys at the uh, Staples Center. They're going to be working OT. They have been. That's what I'm telling you because I'm pretty sure. I, I, I don't know. If, David, could you please? I, I, I hate to, I know you're busy back there. But if somehow throughout the course of this show, could you find out if the L.A. Kings, or I can do it. Because if, mm-hmm. if they played at home last night, you would have had two basketball games and a hockey game in 24 hours in one arena. Let us not forget uh, Candace Parker and the Los Angeles. What the heck is the women's team the out Spark- there? The Sparks. And the LA Sparks will open up women's basketball. I think they play at the Staples Center as well. Oh, they do. Does uh, does Candace Parker play in the Sparks? Yeah, I didn't know that. Was she did that when she's played on her whole career? Yeah, she was playing with Lisa Leslie. Now I think Lisa Leslie has retired, but uh, they were both. 
And, and the coach of that team, of course, is Michael Cooper, the ex-great Los Angeles Laker guard. Thank you very yeah, much. Michael Cooper, Michael Cooper was like a, a better version of Ronnie Brewer is the best way I can put Michael Cooper. <laughs> Never thought of it quite that way, but uh, that's, that's probably an accurate description. Yes, David. Yeah. The Kings played in Phoenix over the weekend, and they're due back on Thursday. Back in Okay. Time. Okay. Just, just I'm, uh, thank you for checking on that. Because yeah, if you if you're a maintenance guy, you because those guys get paid decent money. The guys that assemble the floor because it's pr- it's pretty intricate to assemble yeah. and assemble, and you're just like thank goodness. Do you know how much money those guys are going to make over the over the next couple of weeks? They are really hoping that they have to change it from Clippers to Lakers, coach, in that series. Mm-hmm. Because if if the Kings are still playing, if you think about the fact that the basketball team will not be leaving the arena at all. <laughs> because even though, you know, both teams, then they'll have to redo, every other day they'll have to redo the arena because of the hockey game. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I would love to be in that, have that job right now. A little bit bizarre. We'll see if the two teams can advance. The other game seven, we know the Lakers knocked off the Denver Nugget, the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, who won on the Clippers court to force a game seven. They bring it back home, big dog, to Memphis, but the LA Clippers find a way down the stretch. Our guy. Actually, it's not our guy. You don't like him. My guy. Vinny Del Negro. Is it too late to uh, cast a ex post facto vote for Coach of the Year for Vinny Del Negro? Feel free to say I yes, th- it is. I, I think it is, Coach. Ah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, <laughs> but i got to be honest with you. i got to be honest with you. If somehow the Clippers end up beating the San Antonio Spurs, mm-hmm. Greg Popovich, who didn't even pick up his uh, – remember they had Coach of the like, a Year trophy? Yeah, when he got when he got awarded the trophy, they're like, "Greg, you won it." He like waved his hand to the crowd, turned around and sat on the bench, and didn't even pick up the trophy. It just sat down. Was all right, let's play. So I, <laughs> if he, if the Clippers beat them, I think he'll all right. Del Negro, here's the trophy. He'll just give it to him. So, coach, <laughs> it's not over yet. Uh-huh. And if the if the Clippers do beat the Spurs, uh, it'll be a freaking miracle. Okay, because well, they are the Spurs are the best. They're the best coach team in the NBA. Yeah, they are the best coach, and they're machine-like. But I don't know that I'd call it a miracle because when you match up the talent, it's not like the San Antonio Spurs. Wow. You know, just an unbelievable array of talent. I mean, Tim Duncan's still phenomenal, and so is Tony Parker, but they're not quite, at least Duncan is not what he was before. So it's not like they're the super sexy big dog. They're just a machine, and like you said, brilliantly coach. I wouldn't call it a shocking upset. If the Clippers okay, were to be okay, I guess that a miracle was a little too strong. Yeah, but they're, they're, they are a heavy, heavy favorite, and, uh, and and I'm pulling for him. I really like Tim Duncan, coach. This guy has done nothing but been first class since he's ever played basketball, and uh, I, I want him to win. To be honest, about if everybody left in of, in basketball right now, I'd want him to win, and maybe Kevin Durant would be uh, shortly there right after that. Timmy Duncan is moving very close to the elite of the elite. Obviously, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but when they talk about him, he's not quite going to be in the top five with Magic, Bird, Jordan, Oscar Robertson, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain. I go, I go those are the best six ever. Find, find me. Jabbar. You don't have. Kareem oh yeah, yeah. Jabbar you're right. Uh, yeah, you're right. You got to put Jabbar <laughs> there too. Well, well okay, uh, coach. And I, I totally agree with you. Those and, are the he, best seven. Anybody else, even in the conversation, to maybe I'm missing somebody. Those seven. Uh, did you say Bird? Yes, Bird, Magic, Russell, Chamberlain, Jabbar. That's five. Robertson, six. Jordan, seven. Is anybody else crack that magical top seven? 
You didn't rank Michael Jordan number seven. No, 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 no. That was not an order. I'm saying those. I I just want to like the people listening. Those seven stand above the rest. We might, you know, I don't know, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor. There might be a few we're missing, but I don't think so. But Tim Duncan, big dog. Elgin Baylor Baylor and Jerry West. Jerry West is a great player, but we're talking like they are the greatest of all. You're talking top 20 players. George Gervin, Julius Irving. George Gervin is top like 40. Right, I would say. I think I would, I those even, seven. That would be a good one to throw that out there to the fans. About, uh, are we forgetting anybody that could hit break into that top seven? Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. But my original point, Big Dog, was yeah, Tim Duncan yeah. is right now in that next category, uh, right close. He's not there, but he's he's sitting on that ladder, knocking on the door with those top seven. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you. Well, first, first of all, I think you think Tim Duncan's the best power forward of all time, and I think he is. Which is kind of cool to say. Even if he isn't in the top ten, you're like, well, he's the best power forward that's ever played the game, and you're like, okay, well, that's good enough for me. Uh, is Kobe Bryant or or Tim Duncan higher on your list? I, I have an answer to this. How about you? I would say Kobe Bryant, very similar to Tim Duncan, maybe even slightly ahead. But both those guys are close to cracking the Big Seven. Yeah, I, I honestly have Tim Duncan ahead of Kobe Bryant, and I know if you asked a hundred people in America, they would almost everybody would say Kobe Bryant. If you asked a hundred basketball fans, about eighty percent would say Kobe Bryant. But Tim Duncan is just so fundamentally sound, and if he was more colorful in terms of speaking, and he played in New York. It just if he just played in New York and just kept his own and be the quiet assassin like he is, oh my goodness, coach, the whole freaking world would know Tim Duncan. Okay? They would make a playoff, hey, look, Tim B. Duncan. You know, and, but instead, he's just some quiet guy in San Antonio that's won four championships and every year gets 20 points a game and 10 rebounds and two block shots and a steal. And his teammates love him. Oh, and about three or four assists. He's like just, he's really, I think, the most underappreciated superstar in basketball that we've mm-hmm. ever had. Yep. And, and, you know, we always, I think you're kind of with me, always appreciating guys that have been really good for a long, consistent period of time. Not a lot of down years for Timmy Duncan. I mean, he's really good consistently over a long period of time, Big Dog, and I always appreciate those kinds of guys. Yeah, so they, uh, I'm going to be pulling uh, for the Spurs the rest of the way. Just, mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there that uh, it's very difficult for me to watch this NBA playoffs ever since uh, D. Rose blew his knee out and I, mean, I was pulling for the Bulls all the way through the Philadelphia series. There was no way, I, even though I knew the championships hopes were basically dashed at that point, I did not want the Bulls losing in the first round to the Philadelphia Sixers. And, and I'm irked by that. <laughs> by the way, Boston Boston won the first game of that series, 92-91. Mm-hmm. And just, I, I only saw highlights. I won't watch any of that. But just watching the highlights made me feel dirty watching those two teams <laughs> play. <clears throat> Sad but true, Big Dog. Sad, but I think a lot of Chicago fans feel that same. Um... There was nothing likable about anybody on the court. Yep. The only guy I kind of like in the whole series is Doug Collins and Ray Allen. You know what I mean? And I can't really root for a coach, and Ray Allen isn't even playing. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very depressing for the Bulls fans, but got no choice. we got to watch the NBA playoffs, minus our Chicago Bulls. will come back bigger and stronger next year, and to make matters even worse, of course, is the thought processes that Luol Dang and Derrick Rose both will probably miss the first half of next season, roughly. It's going to be that long with Luol Dang? Well, don't forget he's playing in the Olympics. 
Well, why would he miss the first half of next season? Well, he's got to have wrist surgery. You know, well, he, he played he's through not the... He's play in the Olympics and then miss the first half of the season, then he shouldn't get paid if that's what his option is. Well, big dog, you're, you you got to follow the, uh, you know, speculation here. This is, this is, this talk has been going on for a long time. Luol Dang wants so very badly to represent his native country in the Olympics. He's going to play for, uh, you know, Great Britain, England in the Olympic Games, and he wants to do that. But he's got to have surgery on the left wrist, and obviously if he had surgery right now, he'd probably be ready to start the season for the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are paying him a ton of money, but the guy has the dream of playing in the Olympics for the people he grew up with. He's friends with a lot of those guys, and it's a dream of his. So how do you criticize that? But that's a that's a controversy that's been going on for a while. And, and, and let's we not forget everyone. that What also throws the biggest monkey wrench in this, not only his dream to play in the Olympics, is the fact that, he grew up in London, and we're the Olympics coach. Yes, exactly. We're in London, exactly. So you know that's I, I if you decide that's fine, he can do that. I, I am not here to ever rip anybody's decision or what they believe in or what they choose. You can do mm-hmm. that whatever you want to. Yep. Okay. Yep. But if he decides to do that, the Bulls shouldn't have to pay his contract while he is out an, next season. It's an interesting theory. That's BS. That is complete BS. Not sure. He decided to sign a contract. To get paid over ten million dollars a year to play basketball, okay? They, the Bulls aren't paying you to play basketball for anybody else but their organization, okay? I know it's a dream and it might be really disappointing, but if you if you fill out a contract that says play basketball for the Chicago Bulls, you don't decide to play for England and push off a surgery that you need in order to play for the Chicago Bulls. Did I say ten million a year? Oh, that's exactly what he gets paid. A little more than that, by the way. Plus ten million. I'm I'm okay with him. You know, I understand the the personal desire in playing in the Olympics and stuff. But you bring up no, an interesting. I have no problem with the coach. I don't. But he just can't accept the paycheck okay, from the that's, while he's out. That's an aspect that has not been brought up. I'd like to throw that out to the fans out there. Should Luol Dang voluntarily offer not to accept the salary for that portion of the time that he's missing the season? It's an interesting one. Eight 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 four six three six seven. Four eight, the phone number, Big Dog. Let's go out to the phone lines. I'll let you make the call. Uh, we can go to line two, four, six, or eight, whichever one you happen to appreciate. I'll, uh, I'll go to two. It's the only prime number you gave me, Coach. I forgot what prime numbers are. Line go two, on. we go. It's caller Sam checking in on line two. Sam! How are you, Sam? We lost caller number two. <laughs> I think he was checking in on our top seven, and we threw it out in the NBA as best the big dog and the as best the big dog and the coach can recollect. Unless we're forgetting someone, there are seven that stand above the greats of the greats of the greats. We said Oscar Robertson, Michael Jordan, Bird, Magic, and the three great centers: Russell, Chamberlain, and Jabbar. Are we missing anyone in that bunch? Duncan and Kobe Bryant are close. Kobe might be there in a lot of people's minds when he retires. But let's talk about uh, players that, you know, have played. Is there anybody we're forgetting to crack that top seven? 888-463-6748. But that's the Luol Dang situation. But, uh, Big Dog, the other series that's going to be pretty interesting is Oklahoma City taking on the Lakers. How do you think that one's going to unfold? Well, you know what? I, I really hope James Harden plays awesome and is, uh, you know, uh, Ron Artest, and, you know, obviously elbowed James Harden and it just was able to come back for game seven and, and be a real big nuisance 
on uh, on uh, Dan O'Ganali, whatever his name is from uh, from Denver in Game Seven that really helped the Lakers. But I, I hope Harden goes off and just plays an awesome series. Now Ron Artest is already acting like the badass again. Like you know, I'm not gonna, I don't shake uh, reserves hands and trying to like. That, that is, I know he, he doesn't have to be apologetic. He elbowed him, and I, I'd rather have him not be apologetic than fake. If you know what I mean, I hate people just being fake. Oh, I'm really sorry for doing that. No, you weren't. You elbowed him in the head. Okay. But you see that Harden, quote, though? Like, you, you kind of passed that over. A lot of people might not have seen that. David Olson, did you catch that? They asked him, you know, now that they're playing James Harden's team, hey, you gonna you got to make amends and shake hands? He goes, no, I don't shake hands with substitutes. It's like, give me a break. So you elbow him in the head and then yeah. you rip him. Okay, yeah. so that's a, that's my point. Is at least he's not being fake. I, honestly, I'm, <laughs> if that's what it is, I, you got to have at least a little tip of the cap to be like. At least he's telling the whole world, "Yes, I'm an asshole." So boom, there you are. That's what I am. I'm a jerk. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I hope James Harden goes off, coach. Just goes off against the Lakers in this series. I hope he has like <laughs> the series of his freaking life. When they ask him about it, he's like. I don't care. We're not. We're not worried about shaking hands with the Los Angeles Lakers. I promise you that it was all his only answer. Like, give me a. Um, <laughs> give me a quick prognostication, Big Dog. Seven game series. The Lakers strong on the inside. Kobe Bryant starting to pass the ball, get his teammates better. They just survived a game seven. They got new life at the Oklahoma City Thunder. The new kids on the block. Uh, in about a week and a half, two weeks, when it comes to conclusion, what do you think we're going to see? I, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to win in seven games. Wow. wow. It's going to be a, it's going to be a ridiculous series and both Durant and both Kobe. Each one of them will have a game winner in this series. Wow. Or, or there's going to, this is going to be a close series. I, the, the reason why is there's just something about the Lakers. They are going to stay in every single game just because like if they start getting blown out, then I see, you know, Kobe starts bitching at people, and they'll start playing. I mean, I, I, the guy puts 11 people in fear in the locker room. Seriously, mm-hmm. he's got that Michael Jordan ask about him where it's almost like having two coaches. Sorry, we're playing Mike Brown's system, but you better listen to me. <laughs> Seriously, that's, that's, and, the, and the Thunder are just too good to get blown out by anybody. So I, I honestly think this is going to be seven games. There it is. And a, a great series. But the, the, the Thunder will win. Big Dog's prognostication, and we do remind all the young listeners out there that prognostication is something that only should be done in the privacy of your own home. Thank you very much. But an outstanding prognosis of your prognostication, Big Dog. Very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. 888-463-6748, the phone number. There was also a Game 7 in the NHL. I happened to watch the last... Period and a half. I don't know if you caught it or not, but the uh, no, we're going to get a chance to the Capitals and the Rangers. I didn't see the first six games, but apparently every game was close. There was a bunch of last second goals and triple overtime goal. But I'll tell you that last period and a half. And I typically don't watch hockey if it's not Blackhawks. Big dog. That was as good a Stanley Cup hockey as I've ever seen. The puck hardly ever left the rink. There was like very few timeouts. It was constant end to end action. And the Rangers, of course, come out ahead two to one. Uh, and, and I'm glad they did. They had a great team this year. And their coach, John Tortorelli, is probably, you know, if he was a football coach, everybody in the whole world would know this guy because he's so freaking hilarious in his, uh, in his press conferences. Like, imagine Mike Dicka, but angrier. 
when 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 Mike Dicko, remember he'd be at press conferences and just start yelling at reporters and stuff. This guy does exactly the same stuff. And finally, they won that series, and he was contrite for the first time all year. It's like it's a pro- he did like the whole it's a process. We're learning how to play and becoming a great hockey team. And he didn't yell at anybody at a press conference. Coach, you got to watch his his press conferences because right now they're the best in all of professional sports. Isn't so, there an actor uh, David Olson named John Tortorelli? Who am I thinking of? John Tortello? You're thinking of John Turturro. Ah, and oh, you know what? Turturro's if it's it, awesome. if it's the He's coach I'm thinking of. He, he won with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was the, the Stanley Cup coach for that team. But The guy, is he's a winner. Everywhere he goes, teams are bad, and then they're the best team in hockey. But one and of then, the two, I, then, you know, again, I don't know these two teams that well, but they would show the coach on occasion. I'm forgetting which team it was for right now, but the guy that they were showing actually looks a little bit like the actor, John Tortorelli. I don't know. I don't know the actor, John Tortorelli. He, he was in the quiz show. John Turturro again. John yeah. Turturro, yes. Yeah. But does the coach of the Rangers? Well, the, well, the coach of the Rangers looks more like Arthur Fonzarelli than he does. Yeah, uh, that's the guy. That's the guy. Well, that's yeah. Fonzie. He's got a little, but he's got a little. He's got a little bit of John Turturro. What I'm trying to tell you is John Turturro looks a little bit like like John Turturro. If you take nothing else, if you know, we have radio. Classes that are listening to this show that take notes. Many media and radio people have their students listen to our show. Yeah, Probably is an example of what not to do, but hey, at least they listen to our show. If you take nothing else from today's show, make sure you mark down in your notes John Tortorelli, the coach. Looks like John Tortello, the actor. Thank you very much. Rest of the show is your is big no, dog. There is no John Tortello, the actor, though, Coach. What's the actor's name again? John Tortello. But he doesn't look like him. He looks like the guy that's like Fonzie. <laughs> he looks like Henry Winkler, is yeah. what he looks like. That's what everybody, John Tortello looks like Henry Winkler. Okay. Right? Not John Tortello. Okay. And not whoever John Tortelli is. I think he, John Tortelli was in uh, Mills Order Pizza. I believe that's the movie he was in, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> I love throwing curveballs at you, Big Dog. On the outside outside corner of the play, you go for him like an Alfonso Soriano, but it's so much fun. Well, I, I, I promise you, you're a soft tosser, coach. <laughs> Let's go to some baseball. Speaking of soft tossing, the Cubs and the Brewers. Uh, Brewers take two out of three over the weekend. Nice comeback victory on Sunday yesterday for the Cubs. Big though, they went eight to two. Still playing decent baseball. The key to the series was Friday night's game where. I don't know if you can go back those three days, Big Dog, but the roller coaster ride that was Friday night's game, we're behind, that we're ahead, behind, ahead, the bullpen imploding. We lose in 13 innings. I thought that loss really, really took a lot out of the young Chicago Cub baseball team. Uh, it, it, it absolutely did, and that, that, they really needed that win. It would have been nice if Dolise could have closed the game out. Now, uh, you know, let, let's not like linger too much on the loss. That, that was a huge game. David DeJesus hitting a grand slam, making a great catch, having his best game as a Chicago Cub. It would have been nice to finish that off. Now, the next time Dolis is in a, in a situation to close out a game, I'm really looking forward to see how he reacts, Coach. Because anybody who thinks that a closer is not going to is, is going to be perfect is a freaking idiot. So the, the, they're going to give up games. So let's see how Dolis reacts to giving up uh, like a huge game. Come on, that would have been. The Cubs are buying to get out of last place and keep Milwaukee there, and to, and to lose that game, that was kind of crushing. So well, now he, the next day, 
Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, even more importantly than trying to get out of last place, it was a team that I thought, Big Dog, and I think you're going to agree with starting to get that that feeling. And those that know sports know what I'm talking about, that feeling that, you know, maybe we got something a little bit here. This is a team that everybody picked for last place. Starting to get that 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 special feeling, like maybe it's our year. When I say our year, I'm not talking about World Series, but you know what? We could have a pretty good ball club here. And, and you know, they were playing winning baseball. This would have been a big win. They get the grand slam to take the lead. They lose the lead after the grand slam, and then they regain it with more David DeJesus heroic. So they twice they came back. They go into the bottom of the ninth. Looks like it's going to be a huge win. And, again, I thought, you know, oh, you win here. This team that can start to believe, and by blowing that game, doesn't ruin the season, but I think it, it takes a chunk out of what could have been. No, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not worried about really one game because you know what ends up happening is uh, your momentum is only as good as your next day's starting pitcher. Yeah. You know, I know that's a cliche, but it's absolutely right. But the problem was after the Cubs blow a game where they had to use 27 pitchers on their 25-man roster, uh, Chris Volstead starts the next game, and you're, as a Cub fan, you're like, do we have to go through this again? I mean, I, we know we had to get rid of Zambrano. He he wouldn't have been as good as he is with the Marlins as the Cubs. Don't be surprised now that Marlins, that he's dominating the last couple times he started people. He's going to all season long. It's going to be a pain in our butt. He wouldn't have done it for the Cubs. He would have been breaking bats and slapping the catcher around if he was pitching for the Cubs this year. Uh, so you know what I mean? We've had to deal with that. So what we get Volstead, do we have to be reminded every single time of how, like, you go out there and you just watch him get hammered, and you're like, yeah, we had to give him up for Zambrano, which is another bad Cubs deal that we got boxed in the corner of making. There's no reason for him to pitch anymore, Coach. He goes out there, and you just know that eventually, the, the only thing I, the only answer the Cubs have with Chris Ball said is this. He goes out there and is good for two innings, and then all of a sudden it blows up, or it's good for three innings and blows up. Maybe he should be a reliever. Maybe he can only pitch one inning at a time. Is it that crazy? He's always good in the first inning. Watch. You're like, okay, he looks dominant today. Maybe this is his start. And then, you know, and then about 40 pitches into the game, every pitch is legitimately from the waist to the nipple. And I'm not kidding. And there's every single pitch in that inning that he gave up the five runs was from the waist to the nipple. And it wasn't like, Oh, what a tough inning he had. He gave up four runs, and it was a blue pin and a ground ball and a broken bat. No, it was line drive, home run, line drive, BB, tightrope, line drive. I mean, the, the people in the left field uh, seats had to start wearing catcher's equipment. It's the, Chris Volsic cannot start anymore for the Chicago Cubs. He needs to take a Because just like you talked about uh, momentum, Coach, you blew, you blow a game because Dolis blows the game, and then you turn around and Chris Volsic, your starter, it's like, why are we – we have to. We're going to bed at three o'clock in the morning. Got to wake up at eight when Chris Volstead's our starter. You know, you understand what I'm talking about? If you're a Chicago Cub going to bed that night, you're like, we're going to get freaking destroyed tomorrow. Volstead pitching. <laughs> but if you win that game, you're like, all right, we won. I know Volstead's pitching tomorrow, but we will at least we won this game. Yep. Okay, let's let's just get through tomorrow. So that's why yesterday's win was big. Not getting swept after that heartbreaker. Yes. On Friday, and then dealing with the, the every fifth day loss, Chris Volstead, you can't spell Volstead without lost. <laughs> uh, you can't. Lost. The word lost is actually in Volstead's name, Coach. <laughs> you had to remind us of that. I, I, um, uh, I got to get that out there. You're right, though. Yes, yesterday's win was key because often 
not always, but often after a heartbreaker like a Friday night game, especially with a team that doesn't exactly have the knockdown, lockdown closer, or I'm sorry, stopper, like the Cubs might have, that uh, it could turn into a losing streak, four, five, six, seven games. So the win yesterday, even though they lose the series, that was pretty uh, pretty key win. Jeff Samarja was good. He wasn't great. Pitched five. What They, they took him out, I think, after five innings, right? No, no, well, I, I don't know, to be honest with you, Coach, because I was on the river touring at that, at that time. Don't you have your uh, transistor radio with you on the river? I was telling the stories at the time, Coach. <laughs> Yeah, any Cub fans out there, you want to talk the uh, weekend that was and the games to come. we got a little mini two-gamer, as do the White Sox. Sox and the Tigers with a weird, kind of strange little Monday-Tuesday dinghy going on. The Cubs and the Cardinals just uh, play two days, Monday and Tuesday. Of course, you got the City Series coming up next weekend. But Cub fans, you want to chime in, love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. Big dog, the City Series next weekend. The NATO meetings next weekend, how is this going to affect your job on the river? Any chance Angela Merkel and the German contingent has signed up for a tour with you guys? No, well, I, we really want Benjamin Netanyahu to show up because uh, be good. all the leather shops and bondage places will be busy this weekend. <laughs> and I'm sure with Merkel, it will be the same way because you know them Germans. But Netanyahu, <laughs> it's, it's been officially, it's official. You know, there's, there's no hiding it now. There's no speculation. Right. It's so, out there. So. so if you could have any contingent book a ride with you on the kayak tours, it would be the Israeli contingent led by Benjamin Netanyahu. No, no, those leather boots and chaps and stuff, they're hard to swim in, so he won't be able to. I'm yeah. sure we'll make sure he's safe, though. You, you know look at saying? him, though. He's He's got, how do I put this gently? He's got not a lot of natural buoyancy. You know, an extra chin does help you when you're floating. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so how was that next weekend? You got all that stuff going on? Are you still going to be down there, or is security? Well, I, 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 it's not that bad, because they don't shut the city down. Of course, I'm, yeah, we're going to yeah. be down there. Right. So You say they don't shut the city you don't shut the city down, but big dog. Each and every day, the last ten, day, uh, last seven or eight days, we're hearing about more closures, more closure. Most people are of the thought processes that by Thursday's announcements, the city will be pretty much shut down, close to it. Okay, well, you know what? Uh, I'm not too worried about it because Sunday we we automatically we're not doing any tours at all on Sunday because uh, this is actually one of the most exciting days of my life. Which I'm actually we're going through into the East Bank Club. And we're going through emergency training for how to get people out of the river. I freaking love this stuff. I, I'm like the one guy who, please don't, I mean, I actually enjoy doing this stuff. So, you know, like most people are going to work, but I can't explain how much fun it is, like training other people how to like save people. And stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. So it's like my, it's like my whole, it's my, one of my favorite days of the whole entire year. Now, are you a certified, uh, life saving instructor? All that stuff, Coach. Really? You name it. I got I got the certification in pretty much everything. Was not aware of that. Now, is not it the lifeguard certification? Though I don't have a lifeguard certification, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I definitely have all the CPR and stuff. I I can barely swim, but I can get you out of the water. I promise you that much. How much fact I can, or I can, I can, fact or fiction we hear sometimes? Uh, even a very slight person who, if they're in their final drowning moments, can actually be so desperate, the adrenaline kicking in, that they could actually pull under and make it dangerous for even a large humanoid like yourself. Well, 
luckily, if I'm in the river, I'm going to have a life jacket on. Okay. Okay, and if that happened, I'd be able to remain calm, grab the person's arms, and, like, calm them. Okay, I would. I wouldn't freak it. They would, nobody would be able to pull me down, Coach. You sound if, very... I don't care how frantic a slight person would be. Yeah. If they were so desperate, to, I would be able to, like, hey, I'm floating here. You don't have to pull me underwater. Well, big okay? dog, you're, you're thinking logically. You'd be surprised, Coach. You'd be surprised. You'd My... be surprised. I would, I would grab their arms... And pull them together. I would not let anybody drown me. Not, if I have a life jacket on, no one's going to drown me. But okay, my point is, I... the person who is at the last moments of life near drowning, they're not exactly thinking logically. They I feel one. That. And I understand that. And if I was like on a beach, you might have a point. They might pull me under. But if in the Chicago River, that's not going to happen to me. Why the hell is the river different on. than the beach? Water is water. Okay, because I will be at work. And considering I'm at work, I'll have a life jacket on. I don't take it off. I mean, it's not like, oh, hey, look, that person's in the river. I better take my life jacket off when I go to save them. Mm-hmm. You've heard about the, uh, you know, the, the stories of the, the the grandmother caught underneath the car, and she's able to, you know, lift it up enough where she can get out. Adrenaline at the last yeah. second can do wondrous thing. Big dog, I think you'd be pulled under a lot faster than you think, my friend. Life vests uh, or and not. Like I said, if I was not in a work situation, I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah, I totally understand. I know how people get. I've actually pulled people out of the water, Coach. Out of the two of us, I'm the one who has. So considering I am the one that's actually dealt with people who thought they were drowning, you know, it's, I think I would I feel pretty comfortable in the fact that, okay. no, I would not be pulled underwater with a life jacket while I was saving right. somebody. Any chance? If I didn't have one, I yes, I would be totally. I before I even got close to them, I'd be like, "I'm saving you. You cannot see. You think I'm kidding? You think I? When I'm coming up to people in the water, because there's people that have fallen, and I come up with the kayak. I, before I even get to them, I'm like, "You don't even touch my kayak. I'll say that to them. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm going to get you out of the water, but you don't touch this thing. I'm not kidding. They're like, okay, okay. I may, I may come down there next Sunday. I'm going to be guessing they're they're looking for volunteer victims. I may be a victim, but I may be yanking on your uh, right pectoral before no, you, you know it. No, you don't follow directions. I, I will. You you can't go anywhere near this place. We don't need you. We, this is a professional setting, and we need people who can follow directions. No, that's the re- so that's take- the exact reason you do need me is I don't follow no, directions. If you got someone no, no, who no, follows no, 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 directions, no, no, no. You, have no, you have no idea, coach. We don't need. We need the these kids to be learning. We don't need people being confused when they walk out. We, we, I'll take somebody that doesn't speak English and has no idea what we're saying and throw them in there. Okay, well, I'd rather have that because you'd be, <laughs> you'd be thinking it. You know. Ah, uh, By the way, the uh, Japanese contingent showing up at NATO apparently not happy at all. I'm assuming is Japan part of NATO, David? Because this joke won't work if it's if it's not. Well, it doesn't matter. The Japan contingent not happy at all. Big note that the Marilyn Monroe statue was taken down. The weekend before, very, very upset, particularly their camera people. Well, uh, they've been here before, Coach. They still have a 1,000 people following Kosuke Fukudome for every single game. Okay, so, and he's uh, with the White Sox now, by the way. And he's spinning with the White Sox. Just like, he struck out yesterday that I swear to you, he almost screwed himself into the ground. <laughs> so the Japanese... The Japanese contingent are uh, are still here, okay? So they got a Marilyn Monroe shot. Oh, goodness. So Kosuke's still got the same swing as he had with the Cubby, huh? Oh, my goodness. He struck out yesterday. It might have been the worst I've ever seen him do it, which is a bold statement, Coach. On the other hand, the judges in the front row gave him an 8.5, a 9.2, and a 9.5 for his form on the spin. 
I tell you, he should. I'm, he's known to carry around a suitcase full of porn with him to every single one of the games. Stop it. This is true. Stop it. It's true. No, it's okay. not. Okay. And, and, well, oh, that's right. I totally messed up. That was Hideki Matsui. My fault. I'm sorry, Coach Kate Fukudome. <laughs> it's Hideki Matsui. Yes. It was, like, it was the Yankees. It totally is. I got messed that up. I'm sorry, Coach Kate. Yeah. But considering how he spins, he should definitely, like, Marry like Mawasato or you know Mickey Hondo or something. One of those uh, figure skaters because yeah. you can flat out spin. Yeah. By the way, speaking of figure skaters, if I remember correctly, uh, she had she had piqued your interest early and often about five ten years ago. But there was a picture. Where was it? I think in today's Tribune of a Christy Yamaguchi. Yeah, she's all right. She's a nice girl. I she's thought, a really, really. She's a she's a really pretty girl. I thought that was a big dog love interest of days gone by. No, but no, will, I would I wouldn't say love interest. We will but move on. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight Cubs uh, Cardinals today. White Sox lost to Kansas City two out of three game. They lose nine to one yesterday. Big dog, not a good weekend for them. They got to bounce back. They're taking on the the Detroit Tigers in a little mini series Monday Tuesday, and uh, the Tigers have struggled as well. So. We'll see what happens in that two-game series. I don't know what it is. The White Sox go through spans of, like, they dominate a team, and then all of a sudden that team just absolutely dominates them. The Royals aren't as good as the White Sox have been the last 10 years. The Royals beat the White Sox so much more often than what their record should be. It just makes it just shows you if you play in a division long enough, that like, it equals out. And that, that Miracle League Central coach, the Tigers are supposed to run away and hide. And everybody is, there's only one team above 500 right now. It's the Indians at 18 and 16. Yep. Right now, Detroit's got the hiding part down, but the running away from the rest of them, they haven't figured that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a long season. I still think the Detroit Tigers might rise to the occasion and still win that division. How about the uh, Cincinnati Nationals game yesterday? Six to four, the Reds six. What did they get? Six runs in the um, ninth inning, and Joey Votto had... Three homers? Do I got that right, Big Dog? Well, he had three home runs and a walk-off grand slam. I don't watch any type of Joey Votto highlights, so I, did, I didn't get to see any of that. Now, I, was it 9-6? to six? I don't think it was 6-4. That's, that's because... why I was doing a double take. You're exactly right, because six runs in the bottom of the ninth, and he had already hit a couple homers. Obviously, the math doesn't hold up. 9-6, to six, they did score sixth to win it, and the walk-off homer by Joey Votto, who... Had three homers for the day. It wasn't just a walk-off homer. It was a walk-off grand slam, right? Yep, walk-off grand slam. Wow. Wow. And, and the Washington uh, Nationals, who I thought one of the best teams in baseball start of the season, they continue to get the injury bug their catcher. Who is it, Wilson Ramos? Wilson Ramos, yeah. That's- Ter- tears his ACL. They've lost Ryan Zimmerman. They lost their closer, Jason Wirth, their right fielder. I mean, they get one hit after another. They're still playing good baseball. But, uh, boy, they've been the hard luck team so far, Big Dog. Have you seen how Wilson Ramos uh, tore his ACL? Yeah, he's sliding to, to, uh, to catch the wild pitch, right? And it wasn't all that crazy. It just shows you. I mean, you get a big athlete. Yep. You know, like you get a guy like Derrick Rose. You know, Derrick Rose, I know he looks small on a basketball court, but he's a really big dude running as fast as he does. I mean, stuff like that's going to happen, Coach. Cubs need to trade Gio Soto for him. Not for him, but just to we, the national. We were thinking of doing that. Well, yeah, every every single Cup fan is thinking of doing that. I promise you that much. <laughs> All right.
Hey, Dawe, we have come to the conclusion of uh, another award-winning show. I'm soon sure once we uh, put the nominations out, this show will be up for some kind of an award. That's too bad. Or not. Uh, we'll be back at it 10 o'clock tomorrow. For all the female fans out there who want to track you down, possibly stalk you, on occasion, where might uh, where might you be on this beautiful Monday? And it is a gorgeous Monday here in the city of Chicago. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, inside working on, on things to try to get my life together, Coach. It's not what the females. I don't have so much time in the week, you know what I'm saying? It's not what the females of the city wanted to hear, but it's reality. April 15th was about a month ago, Big Dog. Time to get those taxes in. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Big Dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow, okay? Peace out, everybody. See you tomorrow. Dog and the coach back at you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Have a great day, everybody, and thank you so much for listening. Two guys at a mic. Talk some. Dot com.